Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 9-15. through 15. It says, For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building, according to the grace God given to me, like a skillful builder, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. I'm going to break this down in a second. We're going to go on a journey, but I want you to understand that this thing called greater church on this thing called the church of jesus christ not our organizational name i mean the church of jesus christ is not built on the talents of a few individuals who grab a microphone and can speak louder than everybody else but it's built on every one of us men and women who have shown up here early to be able to serve and set the chairs up people who have been downstairs setting up music and setting up flags and our incredible worship team nuns that little run you did that little progression bro i was like back that almost called the holy ghost but it's a part of all of us together together we move this thing forward and we build on each other's talents for no one can lay another foundation other than that which is laid which is christ jesus now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold silver precious stone wood hay straw each one's work will become manifest for the day will disclose it or expose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. And over the next few minutes, I'm pull out some notes, your phone, your smartphone, dumb phone, get an offering envelope. I want you to write some notes down because today's gonna be a very practical message. I believe that there are heavy spiritual implications attached to this message. So we do want to take some time at the end of service to be able to pray for some people so the worship team is going to come back up because we're believing that some chains are going to be broken but today I want you to write some stuff down and today I want you to write as the title of this message the heart of the mountain the heart of the mountain let's pray oh God we just pray let, let it be you all you the word the worship the atmosphere Father, we pray that it all be you. Lord, speak to our hearts, Lord. Help us to break, Lord God, the generational curses in our life, Lord God. Help us to break the generational patterns in our life. Father, help us to step into freedom, Lord. Help us to walk as the men and women that you've called us to be, Lord, with boldness and authority. Lord, I pray for me and my wife today, Lord, that we would decrease, Lord, and that you would replace, Lord, insecurities, fear, Lord God, a lack of confusion, whatever may come. Father, with your boldness, with your authority, with your focus, Lord God. And Father, I pray that you would speak through us today. Lord God, we pray that you would fill us, that we would be spilled, that we would walk out of here, Lord God, free, excited, ready, Lord God, to do everything that you've asked us to do, Father. We love you and we thank you. And it's in your mighty name that we pray, Lord. Amen and amen. Come on, one more time. Would you put your hands together for Jesus all over this place? Come on. The heart of the mountain. <laughs> I, um, I, I noticed how much of an influence I am and it begins at home. It's crazy. Uh, I, I remember, and I don't know if I've shared this story. I feel like I've shared this story before, but it was a, a long time ago. My kids are 13 right now, 13 and 12 and six. And then I, I have a 23-year-old. It's going to be 23 in July. I know. I know. Don't let the baby face fool you. Uh, but I identify as young. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah. But yo, um, 
I remember my son Ramses when he was a little kid. Uh, he was probably at this time probably a year old, right? Yeah, I think about he was a year. A, yeah, yeah. And, and many of you guys know we moved up from Miami, Florida about six years ago um, to come up here and plant the church. And in August 14th, come on, somebody, we are celebrating five years of Woo-hoo! ministry. Come on, yes. we're excited about that. That's going to be a big party. Everybody's invited. But man, I, I, during this time, and even now, I'm still a Miami, I'm a Miami fan. If Miami had a team to throw rocks the farthest, that's the team I like. Listen, if you're a Hawks fan, I love you. Atlanta's my second favorite team. I apologize. I publicly repent for what happened with the Heat. I, I apologize. Y'all forgive me. Like, it wasn't my fault. I didn't do it. But I remember that in this particular Sunday, uh, this particular day, Ramses had to be about a year old. And I remember that I was sitting on Sports Center. I'm going to lose all the women here and I'm going to only gain the men for just a second. But while I was watching it, something happened with, I wasn't paying attention. And I saw on the ticker, and on the ticker, you know, which is the little bottom piece. Um, sorry, ladies, I'm not speaking in tongues. It's like the, the little ticker went around. And when I saw it, I, it said something about Dolphins Acquire. And then Ramses grabs my phone, my son, a year old. He grabs my phone. And when he grabs my phone, I like lose it. So I'm like, dang, I got to sit here and watch the entire sports center all over again because i need to see what happened we didn't have twitter in those days like you just couldn't go online and look on twitter and see what happened who did we acquire what did we do so i remember that uh Ramses has my phone and at this time you're stuck because you don't know if they're going to talk about it if it's going to come down at the bottom so you're focused Ramses grabs my phone and he grabs my ear my headphones and he puts the headphones on and when he puts the headphones on year old bro it's absolutely insane he puts the music on in my phone and he starts dancing he's like one year old you know what i'm saying he's just getting it like and i'm looking at him and the whole time i'm like Francis, give me my phone and i'm like Francis, give me my phone i'm trying to pay attention because i don't want to miss what happened and i'm sitting there and i'm like yo Ramses, stop playing and give me my phone and he's just running around the house and he just like you know what i mean just getting it i'm like bro and Ramses was hilarious because i remember when he was a little kid we would just do like random like and yo my son i'm hispanic I'm cuban my son would do these weird little, little kicks he would like little froggy legs you remember that leva you were too little you were not even born he would do these things he, he like he like kick his legs don't you love that when your parents actually do you remember that i was like mom i was two and uh and ramses would, would start dancing so i get to this point where i'm just like i'm i'm frustrated right now because i'm waiting to see if lebron is coming to the heat or if it's the dolphins i don't know what happened and as I'm watching the TV, I turn to Levi Ramses and I say, yo, Ramses, give me my phone. And yo, he turns back around to me. I, I, my wife was there as a witness. He turns back around to me and he looks me square in the face and he says, no. Bro, I was about to pull my shirt off. I was like, what? Bro, we about to square up? Like, what you said to me? Yo, I'm like taking off like, we're about to have a full-on fight with a one-year-old. Like, we throwing hands. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to grab this kid. And then it just hit me. By the way, it was stupidity about the Dolphins. It was like we hired like an assistant, nothing. And I remember that I, I, I look at my son and I'm like, dang. And in that moment, it hit me. I'm like, you know how many times I've done that to him? You know how many times I've looked at him and I told him, don't, don't do that. No. And I just realized in that moment, yo, my son is literally emulating and doing the very same thing that I do by looking at me and saying, no. But he's a year old, off base, shouldn't do that but really just doing what he saw. It's crazy because today in the Soul Care series, we've talked about our identity. 
We've had conversations about what it looks like for us to really walk in the identity that God has created for us. Last week, we were able to talk about repentance and how God doesn't use punishment to be able to get you to repent, but that there's consequences, there's conviction, and that there's discipline. But God is trying to push you forward to having a healthy soul. Your soul is the operating system that your life works in. It's how you make decisions. It's how you react to people. For certain people, you see, you know that there's a problem with their soul when you touch an area or you say something to them, even in ourselves, where they say something to us and all of a sudden we get mad and frustrated and it was like, yo, it really wasn't that big a deal, but there's an injury, there's a pain in you that you have not allowed to heal in your soul and now this thing has become festered and infected and now we're living out of that and it creates so much havoc but there is an area of our souls which we're going to talk about today that really has little to do with what we've done and so much to do with what has happened before us the stones upon the clay upon the wood that has been stacked in in generations before us I want to talk to you today and the idea of what we're speaking about is generational patterns generational family sin patterns now i want to draw a clear distinction between the idea of generational sin patterns and generational curses now please understand that there are generational curses i want you to see something that's going to come up on the screen found in exodus chapter 20 verse 5 this is what god is saying when they worship if my children of israel if they begin to worship other gods the Bible says, you shall not bow down to them, other gods, nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity or the sin of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. That's what I want you to understand and underline. I am going to visit this generational curse. I'm going to place it on you. If you worship other God to those who hate me, to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. Now understand that hating just doesn't mean that I hate you. Hating can sometimes be that I turn my face from you and that I don't even think about you. I have nothing to do with you. Meaning, here's what happens. That God is saying in this space, if you continue in the sins of your forefathers, if you continue to worship other gods, then my curses are going to be placed on you to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. But something happens in the life of a believer. I know in my own personal life, my entire lineage, I'm a first generation Christian and we did witchcraft and we did and we did drugs and my entire life was a disaster and my family's life was a disaster but there was a moment when I met this Jesus that at that very moment Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 the Bible says Christ has set us free from the curse of the law he did so by becoming a curse for us for it is written everyone who is hung on a tree is under a God's curse now I want you to understand the Easter story was so much more about God breaking generational curses in my personal life and in yours because he who hung up on that cross, a tree, he took on the curses that were belonging to me, the generational curses. And when I confessed them as Lord, I broke the generational curses. Now, when I began to walk as a man of God, not perfect, not perfect, but walking on the progress and progressing as I began to walk towards Jesus, these curses were broken in my life. I no longer have to walk under the fear of generational curses and things. Now I break them. Now you break them. Now you can claim the scriptures found in Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 because of the assignment of the enemy that has placed a curse on you because of the negligence from family members, past experiences, things that have happened in your family. There can be generational curses, but man, there's a freedom that is found in Jesus that you no longer have to be those who hate me, that you can be those who love me. And if you are those who love me, then that means that you you can break the assignment of the enemy that you can walk in freedom with you and your family 
I ain't preached last Sunday, so I'm a little excited. No longer are we, no longer are we under those. We have patterns though. They're real patterns that are not generational curses, but things that have been handed to us, which are what we're talking about today, family sin patterns. Yeah, I'd like to think about them more of, instead of patterns of habits. Things that you've seen in your family, things that you have gone, the, the things like Ramses, he caught that quick. He was like, he yelled back. Those are things that you see on a daily basis that have taken place and they're habits that need to be broken. And these are the things that we see in, in scriptures even. So let's, let's just think about, let's just think about it because so, it's, it's hard to talk about this kind of stuff and, and not understand. You think, yeah, okay, well, once I come to Christ and God breaks the generational curses off of me, I'm a, you know, I, I got all that taken care of, but, but the habits keep continuing happening. And not only does it happen for us, it happens for everyone. Okay, so we're not in this alone. Think about um, in scriptures when we think about David. Think about David and his life. The, he, he had a family sin pattern of sexual sins. Think about it, David. He, he went and he had adultery. He, he, he committed adultery and then he had concubines. And, and then from that, he had kids, right? And then his kids. What was his kid name? Amnon, right? Amnon. He, he actually raped his daughter, right? Oh, gosh. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. His sister. Sorry. Tamar, sorry. And, and, then, and then Absalom came along, right? And this is the grandson now. And he rebels against his, this, this is his son and he rebels against his father. And then what does he do? He sleeps with all of David's concubines in front of everybody so that they can all see how rebellious he was. Think about it. These are patterns, family sin patterns. Not only that, as you go even further and you see how, how this sin plagued their entire life. Solomon he decided, okay, I'm not marrying anybody that believes in God anymore. I'm just going to go to the foreign women and I'm going to start sleeping with them because I'm just going to like step away from God. So see how these sin patterns? Yes, the curses can be broken, but the patterns can lead you back to the generational curses. So what we're doing is we're trying to explain to you, not only that, is there in scriptures, there's so many other stories. Think about Abraham. Abraham, he lied. He lied about his wife being his sister multiple times. Not only that, you went down the line and Isaac, he, he didn't even get smart with his lies. He just did the same kind of lie. He, he said, oh, this is my wife, this is my sister too. My, my dad did it, I'm going to do it too. He got away with it, right? He talking about lies. And then Jacob, Jacob, it went so far that Jacob, they even nicknamed him the deceiver. Think about the family sin pattern of lies in there. And there's even stories even with Jacob. Think about favor, favoritism, favoritism. We, you know, we want, we all have favorites, but we want to try and treat them and we do everything we can. But think about it, you're Abraham. My, you're my favorite. You're my favorite too. We're going to keep it that way too, all right? There's favoritism here. <laughs> but Abraham, you know what? His favorite was Isaac. You know, we talked about it a few weeks ago about Isaac and Ishmael, right? His favorite was, was Isaac. He was the promised son. And then, and then Isaac went along and had two kids, Esau and Jacob. And who did he favor? He, he favored Esau. There was a favorite. And then Jacob, as he goes on, remember he had the 12 sons. The little one, Joseph, was his favorite. 
Okay, so these are generational sin patterns. Everybody goes through them. They're big, some are big, some are more in your face than others and can feel and look different, but it's all the same. And what God is calling us to do is to deal with these sin patterns that we have in our life. Yeah, I, and I think, uh, before we get into that, just to add uh-huh. to that, I, I think you can even see it in your own personal life. I mean, practically, bro. You don't, you don't really have to go far. In my own personal life, I've seen practical sin patterns by way of divorce. Yeah. And I've seen how grandparents were divorced and slept with different people, had children with different women and all the way down the line. And you can watch these things in anger. And I've seen my parents. And sometimes it was even like my grandfather's grandfather had a beer on the table. And then my grandfather had a beer on the table. And then my father, my, my, my father had a beer on the table. My mom had a beer on the table. And it's like, it just gets passed down because these are family patterns. Yo, you can see those patterns in your own personal life. Yeah. You, sometimes you say things that you like, bro, I hate when my mom used to tell me that as a kid. But I then you like say those things and you're like, dang it, man. Like, <laughs> like sometimes I say stuff and like my hey, mom. Hey, but sometimes your mom says some good things. Right? I know. She said like, really good things. And <laughs> yeah. sometimes it was like, she used to look at me and go, preparate. That means prepare. <laughs> yourself that means bro i didn't come from the timeout generation my mom didn't take my phone from me and put me in timeout it was from the knockout generation so when she said preparate if i was at somebody's house and i was acting out of pocket and she said preparate so now i tell my kids and my kids don't understand spanish so i have to say it in english and it doesn't sound the same i'm like prepare prepare yourself (laughs) it's like okay they're like dad i don't understand what i'm dressed already dad wait what dad like (laughs) prepare yourself you're gonna die (laughs) But yeah, I, Anyways, you could see the yeah. family, family sin patterns in our own personal life, even practically right now. Yeah, and and what we do, what we do, there are times where we deal with these family sin product problems and patterns in the wrong way. So think about yourself, okay? We we go into rebellion. I am never gonna do that. I'm never my my grandfather was an alcoholic. My father was an alcoholic. My husband's alcoholic. I'm never gonna drink. I'm just gonna kick it out of my life. I'm never gonna do that. That's 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 mm, I'm gonna put that aside. But here here's the problem. If we don't deal with it the right way, which we're gonna get into on how to do that, but if we don't deal with it the right way, then it's just rebellion. Then it's just our own will, strong will. I'm hard-willed, I'm gonna do this, but it's all in your own power. And what happens with that is that yes, you might not pick up that drink, you might not be drinking beers and drinking the whiskey every night, but. I can guarantee if you look at your life, you have some other sort of thing that you're dealing with. Maybe you're watching porn all night long. Maybe, maybe you become a workaholic and, and all you do is, is work and work and work and you put everything else aside. It becomes your addiction. Hey, even to the point people, okay, those are some pretty serious things, but what about people? We become codependent on people. We become people pleasers. Those are all addictive things that we do to fill something inside of us. And they're all part of family sin patterns. Absolutely. In a spiritual kingdom, there can be no victory through rebellion, only in submission to the king. Yeah. Right in the kingdom, you can't you can't rebel against the king. The only way that there's going to be victory is through submission to the king we have to submit to god rebellion is only going to deal with more rebellion and create other areas of your life one of the areas like when we're talking about dealing with this the wrong way how do you cut family sin patterns you can't rebel against them and say i'm never going to be that things opposite but i think another way that we do it is that you can't set imaginary goals we, we do that so much i've done that in my personal life you know if i'm perfectly transparent with you sometimes i still do that now what does a 
imaginary goal looks like. I'm never going to be broke the way that my mom and my, my, my family was. I'm never going to be broke. I'm never going to, I want to drive by McDonald's and I want to be able to buy whatever I want. I don't eat McDonald's. That's disgusting, but God bless you. But if y'all do that, I don't judge y'all. In my heart, I do. But I'm not going to go, I'm not, I'm not, I'm never going to be that. And my mom was broke and we couldn't go on vacations. And what we do is that we set these imaginary goals up in our own personal life. And now we're working extra hard. We're barely with our kids. We're barely with our family because we've created this imaginary goal that a level of success is attained by how much is in my bank account. And now I need to make sure. But what happens is that it's a fleeting goal. So you're constantly going to try to stretch the goal. Well, I need more money because I'm going to make sure that my kids are generationally fit. Now it's not only about me having money, but now it's about making sure that my children's children have money and then it goes on and on and then you're creating generational wealth and you're continuing to pattern you're continuing to set a pattern you think you're breaking that family sin pattern but in reality what you're doing is that you're hurting yourself and in actuality we get mad because when the money deal doesn't work when the job gets messy when we get fired when we get laid off now all of a sudden you created this imaginary goal I'm gonna never be broke then now you're turning to God and you're saying why did you allow this to happen to me I never gave you that goal. I never told you to do that. I had a completely different plan, but you've created these imaginary goals. But the same thing happens even in relationships. I'm never going to let nobody hurt me the way that my mom hurt my dad or the way my dad hurt my mom. And now all of a sudden you're putting these goals around you when now you're ruining relationships because of some imaginary goal that you place. I'm never going to be vulnerable. I'm never going to be open. Yo, I could go down the list. And listen to me, I'm passionate because these are things that I had to mine out in my own personal life. These are things that I had to deal with myself because things that I was even putting on my wife because I knew that I hadn't dealt with these things. But when I started to do some soul care and I started to notice, yo, these are family sin patterns. These are things that I saw my mom doing and my aunts doing. These are things that I see in my family. When I recognize those things, I was able to break from them. It's huge because it gets modeled. It wasn't just Ramses going, no. But there's other things in my life that if I don't check them, I'm going to start watching him do that. I'm telling you, it's as simple as watching life happen. I'm going to show you this, right? Here's here's what I want to show you. This is, I mean, so simple. So simple. Watch this. Ready? You saw that, right? Everybody saw that? Online, I love you. You be here next Sunday. We got masks for you. Ricky, come here for a minute. Come here, Ricky. Ricky's my favorite. Can y'all make some noise for Ricky? <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. I know. Did I tell Ricky to flip that bottle? Simple. That's what happens. That's what happens. You don't have to say anything your actions begin to model it. And now they start following around y'all. Come on, y'all make some noise for Ricky. Yeah, Ricky. Thank you, Ricky. Love you. How do we break so, family yeah. sin patterns, Lady? So, we did it so, the wrong way. How do we do it the right way? <laughs> yeah. So there's a few things that we want to go through and give you a few quick steps on how to break family sin patterns. The first thing we want to we wanna do is we want to admit it, okay? We have to admit that there are sin patterns in our life. You cannot heal what you cannot admit. 
all right? So you have to bring these sin patterns into the light. You have to, you have to think about them. You have to recognize them. And sometimes it takes a long time for you to recognize things. But if you, if you put it before God and you bring it into the light, he will begin to show you. And you'll begin to catch it faster and faster and faster. And you, once you begin to admit it and realize that, that then, then you're going to be able to start becoming self-aware and start asking yourself, okay, so what are some of the patterns that I have, that I do, and how do they affect me and my family and those around me? Absolutely. You can't heal what you don't reveal. So second one, I think it's don't compromise. So number one, admit it. Number two is don't compromise. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23, gonna come up on the screen here. It says, everything is permissible, meaning that you can do everything, but everything is not beneficial, meaning that it's not gonna be good for you. Everything is permissible, but not everything builds up. So you cannot compromise. There are things in your own personal life. Can I be perfectly honest? There are things in my life that I don't put it on anybody. I'm not legalistic. I don't, you can't do these things. No, no, I can't do these things because I cannot compromise. So there's certain, I don't listen to certain music. There's certain TV shows that I don't watch. There's things in my life because of my background, certain because of people, my family sin patterns, certain relationships that I just won't do it because I cannot compromise. I have to build a fence around them. Now, here's what I want you to understand. When I put a fence around my house, that's not to keep my kids bound and like, oh, no, you can't do this. No, when I build the fence around my house, it actually gives my kids more freedom because now they can have fun and they can be safe and they can go outside. So if I build that gate, it's going to help them to be safer. So don't compromise. Number yeah. two. Number two, don't compromise. Number three, get help. All right. Shame, pride, secrecy is the enemy to change. So if you're wanting to change something, you need to say it out loud. You need to, it, it, it says it, I don't even know what Bible verse it is, but it says, confess your sins to... James 5.16. James 5.16. Confess your sins to God, but not only to God, to, to other people, so that you might be set free, right? So it, it, it's, it's biblical. We need to, I mean, I'm not saying go tell the whole world about all these crazy things you're doing and that you're struggling in. That, that's hard. That, that also sometimes can bring judgment and pain to your life. But find someone that you're really close to that you can trust with what you're saying and share it and share it because you know you're going to share it with that person that's going to be able to pray for you and going to lift you up that's going to hold you accountable that that's why we have g groups here at greater church we're going to give you an opportunity to meet other ladies or other men or other young adults to be able to, to say hey i'm struggling with this can you pray with me or can i you know what when i feel like at night want to go and watch something i'm not supposed to be watching can i call you in the those moments because I need to just just pray with me I, I'm having a bad moment and I need you to pray hey take 10 minutes and pray with me it holds you accountable who is someone that you can speak to who's going to help you who's going to keep you accountable absolutely this is where you put those fences up and you allow people to help you hold those fences up absolutely it, it, you don't have to it's exactly what Lydia said you don't have to tell everyone but you have to tell someone. Yes. You have to have that someone in your life. So number three is get some help. Number four is that you have to deal with it severely. And this is in my own personal life. I struggled with a lot. Uh, many of you know my story. And man, my entire life I, in Miami, Florida, where I was from, um, I was completely inundated with gangs all around me. And we were, you know, we, we didn't have money. We didn't have anything. Um, so everything that I saw around me was what I soaked up. 
And that meant that I was a gang member by the time I was eight years old. By the time I was 16 years old, several of you have heard this story already. I had bullet holes in my body. I had been to jail nine different times. At the age of 19 years old, I ended up going to prison for five years. My life was absolutely upside down. I was a disaster because of the area and everything that was around me. At the age of 19 years old, during the most darkest point of my life, I encountered, I, I didn't hear about Jesus. I finally saw Jesus. Like I understood it. And that changed my life where I became an evangelist. In the darkest moments in prison, I was leading people to Jesus. I began to start Bible studies. People started to come to know who Jesus is. When I got out, I met this bad thing. We got married and we still continue to do that. Nothing has changed in my life. I had a real conversion moment. But in that, it doesn't mean that I got perfect all of a sudden. What happened was that I had to start dealing really severely with some of the things because I didn't face the same temptations as you guys. I didn't face the same temptations as my wife. So the liberties that my wife has, though there are moments that I can't compromise, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. What I just said, this is a totally different step. This is not just don't compromise. It's that I have to deal severely with it. I want to show you in scripture, Matthew chapter five, verse 27 through 30. It says, you have heard it said before, or you have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, get that junk out, put a knife and take it out. Chino, what the heck are you talking about, bro? Gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, Cut it off. Throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go to hell. Yo, I don't necessarily think that the Lord wants you to get a spoon and pluck your eye out, bro. Like, I'm not... Yo, if you go home and cut your arm off, bro, we ain't got no insurance. We got your fault insurance. Y'all figure that don't out. We ain't that. got none of... That was y'all. Don't do you that. did that. I am not telling you to do that. But what I am telling you is that maybe if you're struggling with lust... Maybe a good way for you to cut it out is to find some type of software that can help you. Maybe stop charging your phone in your room. Maybe it's leave your phone in the living room. Maybe it's give your phone to your spouse for the night. Maybe it's put the laptops under her care. You have to reveal these things. And then sometimes you have to deal real severely with these things. If you feel like you're a person that, man, I'm just chasing after this this hidden goal and I'm running over everybody, then maybe you need to sit down and be able to say, hey, I've been living in this world and I've been dealing with our finances. I've been doing all of this stuff. Babe, I'm chasing a rabbit. I need you to help me. And instead of keeping your wife out of it, show her everything and start walking. Sometimes we have to deal super severely with it. When you're battling for your soul, when you want to eliminate family sin patterns, you got to do some radical things. There has to be things that you admit the weaknesses in your life and then you pluck those things out. Yo, for some of us, we got to cut some relationships off. Yo, stop hanging with that person. Every time, it's like every three months, they hit around, hey, let's go get a drink. You know that's not going to help you, bro. Cut it off. Hey, my guy, I'm not able to do that anymore. I can't. I'm sorry. Maybe there's some TV shows. Maybe that Netflix account, you got to close it. Even if it's for a season, maybe there's some things that are going to lead you down that path that you have to deal severely. So my question for you would be, what severe steps do you need to take to avoid a family sin pattern? Yeah. Um, and so how do you um, deal severely with these things? Sometimes it can be hard, but God gives us tools. So the next step is to practice spiritual disciplines. Okay, so so spiritual practices, what they do is they counteract these sin patterns. So think about it. 
If you are uh, have a personality that's super addicted and you're always going to addictions, uh, uh, alcoholism or work workaholic or, or, or drugs or things of that nature or even sexual sins that you become addicted to, what should you do? Well, God gives you a spiritual practice, a spiritual discipline, which is fasting, okay? Addictions, they're rooted, they're in, they're rooted in self-gratification. They're, ro they're rooted in, in, in making yourself feel good and, and, and doing it good, right? So fasting, what it does, it denies yourself. So find something that counteracts what you're struggling with. You know, they, they, some people, they are, um, they're, they're, they're super selfish. Everything has to revolve around them. And, and, if, and if, if I don't get anything out of it, then I'm not going to do it. Well, guess what? Start doing some things for, you know, like, you know, self, selfless um, um, acts of kindness. How about, how about you pay for the guy in front of you for their dinner? Or you see somebody sitting, uh, sitting, sitting over there and, and you know that that family maybe is not doing so good or maybe they're not. Maybe they're rich and they have a bunch of kids and they can, they can afford it. But it's going to hurt you or deny yourself a little bit of something to pay for their dinner. Go pay for their dinner. Do something. Go against it. Use these practices. When you're, when you're, when you're struggling with people-pleasing, you know what? Take a moment where it's not all about other people. Go and be alone by yourself and let God start speaking to you about who you are, that you don't need to please someone else to be, to be what God has called you to be. You don't need to please someone else to feel that you are worth it. You don't need to please someone else. You need to allow God get away. Be alone. Allow God to show you who you are. Show you your worth. And I can guarantee if you start doing these, spirit, these spiritual disciplines and start doing these things, you're going to start to recognize a little bit more of these patterns. Why do I always have to people please? Why do I always, whenever I'm having a great week and then something happens at work and my performance is off, I just feel like I want to go home and have a drink. Why is it that is immediately when someone says something critical about me, I get angry or defensive? Why? Start practicing some spiritual disciplines. Start fasting. Start asking God. Start praying about these things. Start thinking about it. Absolutely. Yeah. What are some spiritual practices that you can adopt? These things are vital. I think they're super, super good. Yeah. Yeah. Things that we, we try. We're not telling you to do things that we haven't done these are things that we try to do when I feel super selfish and I'm like all about me and I'm all in my feelings sometimes I'll be at Dunkin Donuts and I'm like I don't I don't even ask I just say hey can I pay for the person who's behind me I don't look at the price because if it's high then I feel good if it's low I'm like thank you God like it was only two dollars so I don't even look at that and I just I give them my card and I just pay for it and it just something happens when you serve other people man it begins to break your part your selfishness like so I, I think it's huge and then the last one that we want to spiritual disciplines for you to be able to do it man number one i hope you're taking notes is admit the family sin patterns don't compromise get some help deal severely with them practice spiritual disciplines things that you can do outside of just bible reading now here's where number six is you need to meditate on scripture there's some time that you just need to spend with God and God, I need you to break these things in me because I don't want to do these things. But then also you need to take some scriptures that you can actually handle and that you can use in times when if you're feeling like, yo, I'm, I'm super anxious, find a scripture for that. Hey God, I'm super prideful right now. I'm selfish. Find a scripture for that. You know what can help you with that? We can help you for sure. Like you want to sit down? I'll give you five different verses, verses for you to do that. But you know who knows all the verses in the world? 
So Google. This is true. The Google's really good at it. I need a scripture on not punching my husband in the face. I guarantee you that there's a scripture for not punching your husband in the face. And just find those, but then not only just find them, but then grab them and start meditating on them. What does it really mean for me not to be anxious? I need to pray about everything and worry about nothing. Okay, God, I'm going to pray to you and I need you to help me. Something begins to happen inside of you when you start doing these things because you start memorizing them and you start learning them and it starts growing in you. And then you start to change the pattern. You start to break the family sin pattern. A story is told of this individual that this family for, for decades upon decades and generations, they lived in this village. And what they would do is that there was this huge mountain that was across from their village. They lived in a valley. And for them to go get water, they would actually have to go around the mountain. And then on the other side of the mountain, there was a a creek that was able to come down, which was a waterfall. And every day these guys would go and it was about a six to eight hour journey for them to go get the water and then a six hour journey for them to come back. And they would do this a couple of times a week and to try to get water for the village and people would take different turns going around this and for generations the father and the grandfather and the grandfather's great-grandfather everybody went around this mountain and everybody went through everybody went around and around the mountain and it would take hours for them to be able to do that and there was rough terrain their feet would get cut up and there were different animals that they would have to and they would try to get back before it got dark because if it got dark then it would become dangerous because there was animals out there that would prey upon them and some of them have even lost their life because they would have to go around the mountain to be able to go get this water one day one of the youngest ones of that village it was his turn to go around and go get the water and when he was going around the village he noticed that there was somebody coming towards him and he's like I don't I don't know who this person is and this this is weird and he went and the person spoke to him and he said hey how are you he's like good you know where are you going well I'm on my way to go get some water for our village and he's like oh where are you going to get the water he's like oh on the other side of the mountain there's there's a waterfall and the guy tells him no 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 hold on you you don't have to go that far if 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 you actually go the other way there's there's actually a cave and you got to get a little low and you probably won't see much but but it's super fast for you to get in there and when you're inside the cave it's not a waterfall there's actually an entire river in there there's a stream it's huge and that's what's flowing out of the mountain but you can get the water there he's like no my parents said we this is the way we've always done it we've always gone this way we've I don't know I'm, I'm I, a, a whole like Lydia wouldn't even do that like she's claustrophobic with everything she watches movies and she like turn it off I don't want to see it so he's like you just got to get a little low just go and the kid goes and he follows the guy super weird kids don't do that and he goes and he gets super low and he crawls through this and then when he gets to the other side it's this huge opening and he's inside the mountain and he's in this creek he begins to get the water and he finds a way to get out that wasn't that small of an opening where he's able to start bringing the water out and now all of a sudden the six to eight hour trip literally became less than an hour for him to bring water to the village and it's all because he broke the pattern for some of us we've been living for so long going around this mountain 
And I believe that God wants you today to be able to go through the mountain. He doesn't want you to have to sit there and waste years of your life. You have to fight it the way that your father fight it, fought it. Then you have to do it. Yo, for some of us, I feel this from the Lord. There's even people in here that when you look at this idea of what me and Lydia are doing, ministry, preaching, what we're doing right now, because you've seen it not only in your parents, but in your grandparents, but you've seen it in your uncles. There's people that have done this thing that it terrifies you for you to even remotely think that you would be involved or that you would ever grab a microphone because you've said, I'm never going to do that because of the stuff that they had to deal with when in reality, you can go through the mountain. You can go the short way. You don't have to do it the way that everybody else did. You don't have to get a divorce. You don't have to go through bankruptcy. You don't have to lose your children. You don't have to fight for every single second. You can walk in the freedom that Jesus is giving you, but you gotta go through the mountain. You gotta go in the heart of the mountain because there you're gonna find sustenance. It's just so much more quicker. You don't have to keep going through the same. You don't got to do it the way that they did it. You don't have to think the way that they did it. That's not your course. Go through the heart and find yourself in the heart of the mountain. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes for just a second? Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. We hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us 